Welcome to the newest edition of the Screen Pillows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we'll be reviewing Happy Death Day and The Foreigner, as well as recapping the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I am doing pretty well. Uh, it was a busy weekend of movie watching. I feel like, actually, I think I did see a movie every day this weekend, which is kind of crazy. I know it probably, I mean, it seems like that I would do that every weekend, but generally we get like two, three at the most movies. This weekend we had four movies come out. I saw a movie every day because we had four movies come out this weekend. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ozzy, you've been a little busy, so you didn't get to see as many of the movies, but you're working your best to catch up. And you know what? It all evens out because I, I'm i going to be really behind on TV this week. I am very busy when it comes to schoolwork and stuff like that. So this will be your week when it comes to TV, especially when we get into highs and lows. But yeah, it just all evens out. But before we get to these movies, I know there were some trailers that came out recently that we definitely want to be talking about, and there's one big one in particular that I, I think got a lot of people excited, and I think we should start with that one, don't you think? Oh yeah, let's do it, man. Alright, let's start with the Black Panther trailer. Ozzy, what did you think of it? Dude, honestly, I'm I was really psyched about this trailer. I mean, I think it was a surprise, honestly, that they dropped this trailer because I thought I thought they would have dropped an Avengers trailer, but I feel like Marvel did this because I feel like the hype for Avengers was you know was already here, and I feel like everybody kind of forgot that Black Panther was coming because it's at this point because I think when DC released Justice League, everybody was like, okay, well, where's the Avengers trailer? So I'm really glad they kind of reminded everybody. But when does Avengers come out? I thought it was next. I thought it was 2019. It's next May. Yeah, but I think everybody just wants that trailer now, you know. But I'm really excited that they actually released this trailer because you know all the hype right now is behind Thor, Thor Ragnarok, and then everybody's skipping Black Panther and just going to Avengers. So I'm really excited that they actually released this trailer. And I gotta say, this trailer looks amazing okay chadwick boseman as the black panther I, I cannot wait to see him in his own movie and really take that role head on straight i mean it looks really good really really good yeah i this trailer got me excited it really did i was a very <laughs> i mean it just looks awesome i yes i i, I struggle because the, i'm always like oh the cg it looks okay but the problem the, 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 excuse me. The problem is, I'm watching it on a cell phone, so it's kind of like hard to tell. And I think we kind of just have to wait on judgment most of the time for that kind of stuff until the actual movie comes out. But apart from that, I mean, this cast is loaded. It's you don't even need to say it at this point. You just look at the talent involved, and it's insane. And especially considering the director as well, I mean, he's one of the most talented young directors we have, and I'm just, I'm really looking forward to this movie. It looks really cool, the story looks great, the the action, of course, looks awesome. Chadwick Boseman, like you said, he, he looks like he's just going to kick butt in this movie. And I think one very underrated aspect, and I know there are some people who are very excited about this, and I'm starting to come around to that. Michael B. Jordan as a villain is going to be, I mean, that's a great choice. Because he's always had this intensity and this darkness about him. And I think for him to finally, and he's always been a, but he's always been a protagonist. And it's always been like, you could see shades of it in there and it made him a more interesting protagonist. But in this case, he's going to be able to relish in it and kind of embrace that inner turmoil that he has, that he is able to get to. And I'm really looking forward to see what he does with that. And yeah, it's just, 
I mean, Marvel is doing a great job of getting people very excited right now because, I mean, yes, we have Avengers. You're right. It does come out next year. I was mistaken. But it's that's like the last thing people are thinking about right now because we have Thor coming out in, what, next month? And the reviews are insane for that already. Like, people are talking like the funniest Marvel movie ever. And, you know... Uh, I mean, you know what the Thor hype reminds me of? It reminds me of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. It reminds me of that, the kind of hype that that movie was getting. I think this movie's going to make a lot of money. And then now you release this trailer and gets people excited for the next one. And then you have Avengers coming out after that. Marvel is doing a great job right now. They just are. Yeah, I mean, this movie looks this movie looks absolutely amazing. And it looks like a completely different ballgame. It's like Captain America... It's like Captain America and freaking Iron Man came together and created Black Panther. I mean, it's just, it's just so good. He is so uh, he's just such a capable fighter. He made his own, you know, like you know his people. You know, it's it's an ancestral thing. So you know, it, the suit got passed down to him. And just seeing this culture, like this different side of Marvel, in just a different country and just a diff- different aspect of the world. I mean, I'm super excited to see what Wakanda looks like. Um, just to really go there and really get experiences in that fictional culture. Uh, I just really, I'm so excited for that. The cast, like you said, is stoked. I'm so excited. The fact that, you know, we have such a, such an amazing cast in that movie. I mean, it just, it looks so good. You got, you got, I'm going to call her Michonne. Got Michonne in the movie. Look, man. Um, she she's gonna be great. Okay, her name is uh, Danae Guerrera. She's gonna be great. Daniel Kaluuya is gonna be there. For those of you guys who don't know, who I'm talking about. He was the main protagonist in Get Out. He was great in that movie. He was great in Black Mirror, and he's gonna be great in this one. I I, I just I just feel it. Okay, and then you also have um, Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, she's gonna be, she, look. She's great in everything that she's in. Yeah. I, again, I have faith that she's gonna be great in this movie. And again, dude, I agree with you on everything that you just said. I was so intrigued by. Michael B. Jordan's performance just in the trailer, man. I was like, this is going to be some great stuff. And I read, a, I read a YouTube comment while watching the trailer, and it said, Caesar and Human Torch going after Black Panther. I'm in. And I started laughing because, you know, you just have two great actors and just going after Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. And it's, it's going to be, I feel like it's just going to be an exciting ride. Yeah, definitely. All right. You want to move on to some other trailers that came out specifically i know you want to talk a little bit about the uh stranger things trailer which i have not seen i'm gonna watch the show obviously and i was just like you know what i already know i'm gonna watch this show so i I don't need to watch this trailer and i'm very excited for the show but without telling me everything that happened in the trailer what did you think of it everybody dies shut up (laughs) (laughs) um I think this trailer is going to be really good. I mean, the trailer was really good, and I got more more detail into the story, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, it was, you know, it's great, and I'm glad to see that some of these people, you know, some of the smaller characters in that in the last season have more to do this season. Will has a bigger part um, in this in this in this season. Uh, you know, we have. Trying to figure out uh, her name, but Mike's sister, she, Nancy, Nancy's boyfriend, the one that we didn't like her, like the guy that we didn't like, he has a bigger role in this. Um, I think his name is Steve. Steve has a bigger role in this. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be great to see characters like that have a bigger role, have a prominent role when it comes to dealing with what's going on. And I want to see how everybody kind of reacts now. Because last year, it kind of felt like, you know, and I felt, and I remember that we said this on the podcast, it was kind of great because we're all just like, if you guys just all met up, <laughs> like, it'd be cool. Like, you guys could get off, get all this information off of each other. And I feel like this time they're going to be really working as a team. And it's just going to be really great seeing everybody work together. And we're going to get more episodes that, are, you know, where everybody's just working together. Because remember last season, they only worked together for like two episodes. And I think this season, they might do the, probably like most of the season. So, again, I'm excited for it. This this this, this trailer, honestly, is going to be more excited. 
they really don't show anything like that that new where I'm just like, ah, oh, now it showed too much. And I didn't really show anything like that where I was like, no, I thought it was a good trailer. Definitely got me more excited for Stranger Things season two. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, one last, I, I forgot to ask you if you had watched this trailer, but one do, one that I do want to mention at least is something that I I had many a thoughts on this trailer. If you want my full thoughts, go to Twitter because I kind of had a long string of tweets, way longer than I probably should have, but whatever. For New Mutants, did you see the trailer for this? No. Okay, so it's the next X-Men World movie, and okay, you know how... I'm going to try to explain this trailer to you. You know how Marvel always says that their movies are like, yes, they're superhero movies, but they're also different genre movies, right? How they'll say something yeah. like uh, Captain America, it's like a spy movie, but it's also a superhero movie. Or, um, you know, Ant-Man was, all, was a heist movie, but it's also a superhero movie, you know? Well... Mm -hmm. They do that to an extent, but it's never fully, like, yes, it's got elements of those other kind of movies, but in essence, they are superhero movies, right? Well, yeah. Fox looks like it's doing what Marvel says they're always doing in that. Because this movie, the trailer sells it as a horror movie. It looks... I thought this was a show. No, New Mutants is a movie. It's coming out in March, I think. It comes out next year. And it looks, it's shot like a horror movie. The entire trailer is selling it as a horror movie. If it didn't say the word mutants in it, you would think it's just some weird horror movie. And it is completely fascinating. Now, I don't know if the studio is showing confidence in it. And again, if you want my full take on this trailer, go to Twitter, at Cheery456. But... My original kind of feeling is I love the idea of what they're doing. I just hope they can execute it. The director makes me a little nervous because he's known for um, Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> so that makes me a little nervous. But he's being he's been very vocal in interviews as of recently talking about how he's very excited about doing this as a horror movie. And they're going to try to do a horror trilogy. <laughs> And so I'm looking forward to it. I'm just a little nervous, and I'm curious to see how you take the trailer. So after the episode, you should go and watch it, and then let me know what you think, Ozzy, because it, it's really interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how this movie turns out. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to the first movie that we're going to be talking about, and... We're starting with the movie that I am reviewing by myself, correct? Just make yeah. sure. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, the, <laughs> the first movie we're talking about, that I'm talking about, because Ozzy didn't get a chance to see it, is Happy Death Day. Now, this is the... I believe this got first in the box office, so this is what most people will likely have seen in the theater this weekend, which is kind of crazy to me. I, I get why. It's kind of like we're in the month, and it's technically a horror movie technically um but i don't think this movie deserves it and i think there might be some people that disagree with me I, because this movie from what ozzy has mentioned to me is doing decently well when it comes to reviews and obviously people want to go see it but i did not like this movie i i don't know i really didn't like this movie i i'll start positive but um Okay, how I, how I will start is, this is a, it's fun. You can sit here and you can watch it and just kind of turn your brain off and just enjoy just, you know, these this girl getting killed over and over and over again and her trying to figure out what's going on and the mystery of it. Because it is a decent enough mystery where they kind of put it, present it in a way where you're trying to put together who's trying to kill her and what why this is happening to her and all this different stuff and it, it's a fun enough ride 
Now, I don't think that that makes it necessarily a good movie, but I think that there is some enjoyment to be had just kind of sitting back and enjoying this movie. And, you know, we can enjoy stupid movies every once in a while, and that's really how I would describe this movie as stupid. And before I get fully into negatives, because I'm really not going to talk about this movie for too, or for too long, one of my negatives is a lot of the performances, but there is one performance in particular that I actually didn't hate, and he actually was my favorite part of the movie, and it's the part of the love interest, and I'm trying to pull up the actor's name right now, and just a second, it is, what is it, Car no, the, the character's name is Carter Davis, but the actor's name is Israel Broussard, I don't know if that's how you say his first name, but hey, whatever, that's how it's spelled. And he was actually quite good. I actually found him to be quite charming in a way, which is weird, um, because he's not, like, you wouldn't look at him and go, yeah, he's a, you know, he's, he's not your leading man type, but, and he's not the lead in this movie, but he's definitely the thing that kind of adds a, lev a level of kind of levity to the movie where you're just like, yeah, I I like you, so I can get attached to this kind of, this storyline, and that also helps the kind of relationship and the character arc that there is for the main character, and I guess I should say, I mean, you've probably seen the trailers, but this movie is basically, and they do make a joke about this, it's basically Groundhog Day, but a horror version of it, where she is being, like, hunted down and killed every time she wakes up, and she doesn't know why. And it's on her birthday, by the way. So, happy death day. Get it? <laughs> but it, it's just, you know, and I'm going to get fully into negatives. Now, she is not a likable character. That's that's my biggest problem with this movie is, and I get what they were trying to do is because she grows throughout the movie. There's a nice character arc there, like I said before. But I, you, if you're going to repeatedly kill a character and just we have to care about it we have to go oh no don't die but i didn't i really didn't she was just a horrible person and the movie does become self-aware of that at, at some point but it's just like i you know it doesn't matter if you become aware of it it doesn't change the fact that she's a horrible person who i'm not rooting for so that that was my biggest problem with the movie is i just didn't like the main character she's not she wasn't nice <laughs> it didn't, I wasn't rooting for her which is a problem and I don't necessarily think the actress was the best I mean she wasn't horrible nobody's truly awful in this movie but everyone's kind of giving over the top generic performances and maybe that's the point but it's again it's just I wasn't a huge fan of the performances given for the most part and just overall the movie's really stupid I mean there is an interesting enough mystery, but when it gets resolved, it's really dumb. And the plans that these characters come up with to fix what's going on is really dumb. And her, sometimes it's like so obvious what is happening, but then she can't figure it out. And it's just like, I, I don't know. The movie is, it's just a dumb but fun movie. And that's why I'm going to give this movie a 4 out of 10. It's not horrible. It's not... I wouldn't even call it fully bad. It's just... I don't think it's a good movie. But it's definitely one that I could total. I I could see somebody going into this movie and going, that was fun. And that's that. I just... I thought it was really stupid and I wasn't a huge fan. So, you don't need to rush out to the theater to see this, Ozzy. Yeah. Well, how do you describe it? I just... I'm not interested in seeing the movie. Yeah. Because it, it looked like she was even likable in the movie. Like, in the trailer. I'm sorry. Because she was just like... Oh yeah, whatever. Bye. I'm just like, okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was interested. I was like, okay. I'm no. I'm yeah. not interested. Uh -huh. So just by her persona, I don't. I don't think it would have been. Yeah. I don't think I would have cared as much as I should have cared. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. All right. Well, before we move on, I do want to say. I don't know what's going on with Ozzy's audio quality. Again, Skype is stabbing us in the back. So if that is an issue, we apologize. But let's move on to The Foreigner. And this is a movie starring, starring quote-unquote, Jackie Chan. And it is, a, it is about, basically, there is a terrorist attack. Um, and 
Jackie Chan's daughter is kind of caught in the wake of that, and she is an semi-unintended un- victim of this attack. And basically, the movie becomes kind of like, in a way, taken. Where <laughs> I mean, not necessarily. It's not the same motivation, but it's in a way he kind of just goes on this revenge type thing, and that's the movie. That's how the movie sold to us, and that's the movie. And I'm very curious what you thought of this movie. What were your overall thoughts, Ozzy? Um, I I liked it for what it was, and I liked Jackie Chan's. When every time, every, first of all, this is this is one of my favorite Jackie Chan performances, just because it's something I've never seen him like this. I've never seen him take on such a dramatic world before. And I've never, you know, I've never seen him in something so serious before. So this is why I really liked it. I really liked his performance. And every time he was on screen, I was, I was just glued to what was going on. Because I, I cared about his character. And I've never seen him look so broken on screen before. I just, I haven't. And I think, I think he did a great job with the character. I think he was the best part of the movie. And... Okay, but when it comes to Piers, um, Piers Bronson's character, there was an issue. And I feel like the script really wasn't there for his character because, I mean, we're trying to figure out, well, like, you know, who set off the bombs and everything. And that, whenever it came to his stuff that was going on and then the side stories within that character, it, it wasn't, that's where it lost me. That's where I was like, okay, I, Okay, because then within that story, you have this going on with this other character, and then you have these other two characters doing something, and then you have that character doing something, and it was just a mess, okay? It was it was a mess. So I feel like that's where the movie failed. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be very divided on this movie, like or different when it comes to or how we end up feeling about it when it comes to ratings, but I will say this. It's, I agree with you on Jackie Chan, and I'll talk a little bit more about him in a minute, but first of all, this movie, it almost needs to be called something else, because it's just, I I really think, like, Jackie Chan, yes, he's supposedly the lead of this movie, the movie is supposedly named after him, right? But... It's not really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not. He's not really the. Le- he's kind of like his story is there, and then there's this other story. But I really think his story is treated like almost a side story. That's kind of an obstacle for the rest of the actual plot. Now that's why this movie should almost be called like some. It, I don't know some sort of terrorist type like name, or it's like I don't know Irish or <laughs> Irish terrorists and the foreigner or something like that. Where you know it's. That that's really what it is. There's this main plot where the British government is pressuring parts of the Irish government to figure out who who set off this bomb and if it was someone inside the Irish government or inside this other Irish terrorist group who's not a terrorist group anymore or something like that. And and then also Jackie Chan has his revenge storyline off to the side. That's what the movie feels like. Now, that's my biggest negative for the movie. And I know we shouldn't be starting negative, but hey, that that's, I don't know. I guess that's kind of like we have to address that because it's so integral to the movie. But this is where we're going to kind of get into it. I we Maybe. I actually thought that that storyline, even though it does feel like, why, why are we even like, Jackie Chan's storyline is interesting. Why are we even here? I really actually was intrigued by the other storyline, by uh, Pierce Brosnan's storyline. I thought he was... What? We'll get into it. We'll get into it. All right. Because I actually... I liked his storyline. I thought he he played a great villain. I thought um, the... Just the whole mystery of who did it, who, like, the revelations that come about who betrayed who, and who, what his motives are, and what the other people around him's motives are. I thought that was an interesting story. Now, 
One caveat I will say is that it was a little hard to follow for me, but that's just because I don't know all the politics and the history behind that that conflict. So I was they're talking about all this stuff, like the IRA and stuff like that, and I'm like, I have no idea about any of this, to be honest. And that's not the movie's fault, because, you know, they're not going to give, give us a history lesson before, you know, before we actually get into the conflict. So, I, I don't know. I actually thought that that was pretty interesting, and... Now, to touch on what you talked about, I actually think that if maybe if the movie was because I don't I don't know what the rating for this movie is, but I'm guessing that it's not as high as probably I'm going to have it. And that's because and and that's unfortunate because I think Jackie Chan gives an excellent performance. He is amazing in this movie. And yeah, I mean, that's 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 the best. I think that I think his story is by far the best part of this movie. It is so again. I've never seen this man play a broken character because he's, yes, he's, he does it so well. In lighthearted movies and like my gosh, bro! Like he really, you really feel for him, and you really like you want him to find. Like you want to find out for him. You want to give this man a hug. Like that's how great of a performance he gives, and it is so great to see him act and do something else other. You know, than just the Rush Hour movies and, and other, you know, and other, and other crazy movies like that. I mean, like, this is just such a different version of Jackie Chan that we have never seen before. And he did such an amazing job. And his fight scenes, they were shot amazingly well. I, I'll give this. Yes, give that's something the, I'm going to want to talk about as well. Yeah. Like, I'll give that to the director. I mean, they shot these fight scenes so well. I mean, there, there wasn't as much as I wanted, but every time that there was a, a fight scene, man, like you felt those punches that Jackie Chan was giving, and it was just so brutal just to see him just like take out these people. And you could see that they were shocked that an older guy like this was moving so fast and also like punching as hard as he was. I mean, he was, you know, throwing those fast punches, doing all those stunts. I mean, it was crazy, and just seeing it, it was insane. And I really like some of the shots also. I mean, not just from the fighting, but just some of the cinematography shots that you get in the film. Yeah. Uh, I thought those were done pretty well. You know, but I think Jackie Chan's, you know, part was the best part in this film. Now, when it comes to Pierce Brosnan's character, look, I'll, I'll go I'll go as far as to say, look, when it comes to him trying to figure out who bombed every, like, who, like who made off, like, who bombed, you know, like, who, who created, who made it, who detonated it, you know, that was interesting. That was, I was like, okay, so he did this. But then there were so many other, there were so many other elements to it. I'm just like, I don't care. Like, I just want to find out who you bombed. I don't care if this person is doing this with this other person. And then, you know, the, the other person that you're, you, you know, you're doing this with is doing something like, like there's it's just so many. I felt like they were trying to fit so many different storylines into a storyline. It, it did not feel, it did not feel good. You know, I kind of got bored with it. I didn't care for the other characters that were connected. It felt random. I felt random sometimes for what I was saying. I mean, that's just, I'm sorry that I got into negatives. No, but yeah. you're good. I mean, the one area that I will agree with you, and I think that's probably the biggest example of what you're talking about and maybe what you're thinking about the most is when it comes to his wife's storyline I think that was you're right on that on that level. I that storyline is really random. It does fit in, but it feels a little forced how it fits in. Everything else, I really do disagree with you. I actually think that it there's a lot that adds a lot of layers to his character where he used to be a member of this organization. Again, I don't know the full history. I don't know like if they're a terrorist group or whatever. Probably that should stuff, have looked it up before. That stuff to me, that stuff to me that that fit in. Like yeah. when it came to there was a character that they brought in probably like halfway in. Mm-hmm. They brought that character. I I did not care for that character. You know I thought this was gonna be the big bad like one of the big baddies. No. Yeah. Um. The stuff that was going on with his wife, I did not care about. But that that's kind of uh, interconnected. That that's I think that main story. I agree with you. That storyline doesn't necessarily fit. But everything else, I think, again, it just plays into who Pierce Brodson's character was. And he was really good as well. I do want to say that. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, look, I, I, I'll, I'll say that. Like, you know, he was a good, he performed well. 
I just don't think the storylines really meshed well together. I just felt so clogged up. And I felt like you could have taken out like one or two things. I mean, if, I mean, if it's okay if they were going, I don't know if you have any more positives. I just, the only, well, I, I agree with a lot of the stuff you said. Number one, I love the way this movie shot just in general. I thought the action was great. And you're right. the cinematography, uh, you beat me to it is great. And I also want to say in regards to Jackie Chan, before we move into negatives, he gives an Oscar level performance. I, and I'm not, you might think I'm exaggerating, but watch this movie. He gives an Oscar level performance. He is that good. You're right about the pain in his eyes. It's just great. Uh, it's so against type. It's not what you would expect from him. You're right. So anyway, let's move fully into negatives. You are seem to be biting at the bit. So take it away. Okay. It just seemed that there was a lot of, it felt for me, it felt like that section was Batman v Superman where you had so many like inter, I'm not even that. I mean, you just had so many like storylines that are just trying to cram in, you know, and it's just, I, I didn't, it did not connect with me. I, I really didn't, I really didn't care. Like the stuff that he was trying to do with the NRA, whatever. I mean, I understood that. I was like, okay, I mean, it makes sense. I just didn't have to be there. But stuff that was going on with his nephew, stuff that was going on with his wife, stuff that was going on with, you know, with everything. And at the same time, some of the movies just felt really predictable, mm-hmm. you know? Like, how did you know this bomb? Like, what? Like, it's just like, oh, you only have this amount of time to do this. And, and then it happens. And it's just like, how did you know this is going to happen? Like, I just felt like I could tell it was just the writers got lazy at that point. And it's just, and it's sad, you know, again, it's, it's sad because they have an interesting plot already. And you never really even find out the motivations as to why they're doing what they're doing. They're just, oh, well, they have the time around. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, set it up. Like, but that, no, like, I don't. You, no, you but you just, do find yeah, the motivations. You do. I, I, I disagree. I really think that the motivations are very clear. Again, I think that it's it, – I will agree with you that at first glance, it's very hard for – because, again, this is based on, like, Irish and English history and tensions and stuff like that where we just don't have that context. And I think that that's a big part of it where – I. I honestly, I looked up a little bit of it, but there's a lot there. Like, I was like, I'm not reading all of this because it's a long history and yeah, there's a but, lot of okay, context to it. Point, but, you know, if you're going to have this movie, you know, if you're going to show it in international, like, if you're going to show it in the U.S., if you're going to show it in Brazil, if you're going to show it in, you know, in different countries like that, I feel like you should have more exposition. Not, I feel like one of the reasons not, why... Um, that's a very I mean, selfish I like way of looking why, at it. <laughs> No, because I right, look, for instance, you know, I feel like when what movie was it? Patriots Day. Yeah. Patriots Day, we got a little we got insight as to why, you know, and I'm sorry that I'm bringing this movie up in comparison, <laughs> but I like that thing I liked how I liked how we like how invested we were with the people who, who bombed the, the Boston Marathon. I liked how we saw what the motivations are. I don't agree, but I like how we saw the motivations. I like how we spent time with these characters, got to know these characters. We didn't get to do it in this movie. I felt like we only spent like two, three scenes with these characters, and it was only for two minutes. Probably like a minute, like a, probably like a minute, just one, like a scene one time. Like I didn't spend enough time with these characters to know there was not enough like exposition there for me to understand what their motivation was. I got, I, Are you I talking about the terrorists or the higher-ups? I'm talking about the the, the little, like the guys who were actually bombing. It, you don't yeah, need, those... they're, they're terrorists. What do you need? What kind of exposition do you need? I okay, just, I but disagree. That's what I'm saying. I didn't, I, I didn't need, okay, like if they're just going to bomb, then I just need to, I don't know. I just, for me, I didn't fit, I didn't need to see them. And if they were just going to be bombing all the time, I didn't need to see them. We barely saw them. I, them. I, 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 I completely disagree. I <laughs> we barely I saw need, them. I didn't need those scenes. I didn't. I didn't need those scenes. I didn't need, like, okay, they're bombing. They're terrorists. Sure. But give them, like, if you're going to put them on screen, give me something. Like, give me, like, if you're going to make me spend time with these characters, give me something. Tell me why they're doing what they're doing. Tell me that. We Not know why they're doing back. what they're doing. <laughs> 
It was politically motivated. I, They're terrorists. I just, oh I, I disagree I with you. I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it. <laughs> I, I just, just very much disagree. Because, I, you know, no. What they did was messed up, but it was stupid. I don't need to spend screen time with them. I didn't you, need to okay. I, I just don't get what you, it's like. You, you're saying like they were, they were just on screen sitting there just the, for like 50 minutes or something like that. And it's like, no, they, yes, they were on screen, but it was like little things here and there where they're just kind of plan or slightly planning things. But it's not even that. It's not like we set, had entire scenes where they're sitting around talking about nothing. It's just like, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I do, I think there was either it perceived as more screen time as they had because they really didn't have that much screen time. I'd be interested to go through and see what their actual screen time number is because it's really not that much. And then, but then to say that there's no explanation, I just don't get what explanation you need. There's they're they're political terrorists. And again, if you're like, well, what are the political reasons? Well, I, I don't know. I don't live in Ireland. I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. It's, I, I disagree. This is funny. This is the most disagreement we've had in a while when it comes to a movie. Uh, like, okay. Like, I get, like, the thing is, like, I understand what he was trying to do. And I understood what, like, he was trying to do. And, you know, I understand what happened there. But then all the other bombs that went off, I was annoyed. I was like, yo, how many bombs are in this movie? There's like five or six bombs. In the movie. I was like, Jesus, like, how many bombs are there going to be? There's three, but yes. Because, because the first one, I was like, okay, I understand it. I get it. You know, they were just there. And he was saying to me, like, okay, what's going on? And I was like, okay. And then they were trying to figure out, okay, if there's a second one, you know, we're going to do this, 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 this. We can figure out who did it, you know, and it connects to the first one. I was like, okay, cool. Then you had like four or five other bombs, which, by the way, one of them, I'm not going to get the third, you know, there's multiple bombs in the movie. I'm not going to get mad at one of them that happened in the movie. But anyways, point, I can't, I can't speak spoilers. So yeah. I guess it's like, what the hell are you talking about? But anyways, stuff happens in the movie. There's like five bombs. I'm going to say four of them are from this guy, whatever. And then, you know, it was about, I was like, okay, why, why, why are you doing, like, they two do other explain ones? It. Like, it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. They explain it's it. stupid. No, it was stupid. They clearly explain it. But anyway, I guess we can talk about it no. after, because we, it re, it's really hard to it, debate what, whether they explain like, something or not. I can't, and it sounds stupid, but I'm not going to, I'm trying to, like, debate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're right. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's very hard for us to debate, like, if they gave us an explanation or not without spoiling the movie. So, we will move on to our ratings for this movie. <laughs> Ozzy, what do you have this movie at? I'm going to give it a solid seven. I do think that there's stuff to see in this, and I think that this is Jackie's... I think the last time I've ever honestly seen Jackie Chan on screen since, like, on the big screen was, you know, Rush Hour. That's the last time I can remember actually seeing him on the big screen. And I think this is a great, I think this is great. And I think it was a good film. I really do. I think the thing that really holds it back is Pierce Brosnan's storyline. I feel like if they would have given it just a little bit more exposition, that would have been better. But again, even he he is he does a great job as well in this movie, and I feel like I cause I 100% agree with you, Jackie Chan. Man, this is an Oscar-worthy performance, and again, he just does such a great job. And I'm telling you guys, if you guys will see this movie, you guys are going to be glued to the screen just by Jackie Chan's performance. So definitely check it out. All right. I am higher than you. <laughs> Needless to say. Uh... I do think that there's definitely issues with this movie being a little disjointed. And there's, you're right about one part of the storyline you're talking about where I think that they just, I, I don't think it need to be there. But, I mean, the performances, the action, the tension of it, I, I really think that this is a great movie on that aspect. And that's why I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. I, I know I'm much higher than you and that's, it is what it is, but... I really, I just, I really enjoyed this movie. I did. And I think that if, when more people go to see it, I don't know how this movie did box office wise, but I think a lot of people are going to be able to appreciate it. Um, but yeah. All right. So I'm actually really disappointed in, in what, what is it? I'm, I'm really disappointed in, in this 
I mean, it's a divisive film when it comes to critics, and it's, it has a 59 percent mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes, okay, and it has a 79 percent next year users score. So you can you can tell it's kind of you know divisive between audiences and critics, um, even critics. I mean, guys, guys, when it says 59 percent, I mean 59 percent of critics thought it was okay, okay. So or good, it is a or great movie when it comes, to, huh? Or good or great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so you can, I mean, it's, you know, you can tell it's a divisive movie when it's at a 59%, you know, just because it's in green and it's not red, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it's, it's a divisive movie. It is. Um, Carlos, Happy Death Day, 66%. Uh, yeah, I don't understand that. The movie's so dumb. I But I believe that Happy Death Day got 26 mil and... Yeah, the foreigner got thirteen point one million. So yep. fortunately, the foreigner didn't win, which I don't understand why. Yeah, Happy Death Day fall. won the weekend. It got number one. It beat uh, Blade Runner, even on its second Ooh, weekend. Yeah, Blade Runner is not doing too well in the box office though, and um, that's unfortunate. But I, I think that they. They shouldn't have spent so much money on Blade Runner. Now, I'm, I'm not mad because it looks gorgeous, so the money obviously went in the right places. But <laughs> um, business-wise, that was not a wise decision because Blade Runner was never a movie that was going to make a bunch of money. It just wasn't. So, anyway. I feel like they just released it in the wrong season. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you're going to... Nobody... Like, who's going to go see a movie in October? I mean, there's not a lot of movies you're going to see in October. You have to realize... You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna spend as much money as you're gonna spend, you know, the Blade Runner. Look, I've never even heard of Blade Runner until earlier this year, like till last year. I was like, oh, there's something before this. I had no idea. It's a cult like, movie. Yeah. No idea. Like I'm not gonna say it's a bit bad. I, I say it like I like the movie, but I had no idea what this movie was. No, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. A it's, a, it's a cult classic. It's um, a movie that it, even when it came out. It wasn't necessarily well-reviewed. It was okay reviews, and it didn't make money. And slowly over time, it's become, it's, and that, this happens with movies sometimes, where slowly over time, people grow to appreciate them, and now it's considered a sci-fi classic. But, but that's, you that's, can't I bank, mean, you me, can't make a 30-year-old sequel to a cult classic and expect it to make tons of money. That's where their business flaw was. You, I that's mean, where their business yeah. wrong and I think I think I mean look, you're not this isn't Star Wars. You yeah, know? exactly. It doesn't have it doesn't have that much of a Exactly. To me, everybody knows what Star Wars is. Yeah. Everybody. Even if you haven't seen the movies, you've heard of them. Like Blade Runner. I've never heard of it. You know? I don't think a lot of people heard of it. I mean I think there's some people I think I mean I'll agree with you. I mean it is a cult class. It is a you know, kind of a, has a cult following to some extent though. It's not like Jurassic Park. It's not like Star Wars where it's going to bank on that money. If you're going to do it, you know, make it for cheap. Try to release it in the summer. I feel like they they missed the ballpark when it came to the season. I don't think this was an October film. I think they should have done it in the summer. I think so. I think they should have pushed it back and done it more towards November, December, and made it for an Oscar push. That way you get the Oscar buzz on top of, obviously, all the cult fans. So, I, I don't know. It's, I, either way, I just don't, I mean, I mean, this in-between season. I, I, see what you're I see what you're saying there when it comes to Oscar buzz. I mean, I would have done the same thing when it comes to, you know, the cinematography in the movie is gorgeous. Yeah. So, I would have done it for that, at least for that. I mean, it's just, it's just the best cinematography I've seen all year. Yeah. And it's, it's the best someone ever won, but... I would have done it for that. That's where I'll agree with you. I just don't know if it would have made its money in November. I feel like they would have had a greater shot of making its money in the summer. But I don't know. But that is my that is a top. That that is a mini Blade Runner forty nine twenty forty nine discussion. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All <laughs> right. A little, a little discussion on that movie. Yeah, I'm definitely. Got, my recommendation: Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Guys, definitely see that movie. I mean, it has Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford. It is a great movie. If you guys haven't seen it, I also recommend to watch the original because if you don't watch the original and you know really what's going on, watch that. And for those of you guys who who love film, those of you guys who are interested in film, watch that movie. I feel like it's a movie that you guys should see. 
to really get a grasp on, you know, different types of camera work and, and different things like that. And, yeah. and uh, the technical aspect, I think that that is, you know, that is something that you guys should, should look into. And I feel like this movie really follows that standard. Maybe even, maybe even does it better, honestly. And that may be a bold statement, but the cinematography in this movie and the newer one, Blade Runner 2049, is the best cinematography this year. And I, I don't know. I, I need to rewatch some of the movies I watched last year because this cinema doing this is some of the most gorgeous cinematography. And I think the I think about one cinematography last year was Arrival. It might even be Arrival. I'm not sure, man. But it was it was really good. So definitely, definitely watch Blade Runner 2049. All right. So it's probably the best movie in the theaters right now. But yeah, definitely check it out. All right. We are going to send it over to, technically, we're going to pull back the curtain here. We're going to send it back into the past when Jesse and I reviewed and recapped Star Wars Rebels. So, beyond that. Have, did you, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that you're already, that you're going to do your, your um, I'm assuming you're going to do your recommendation with him. Uh, we didn't really do recommendations, and we're running pretty late already right now, so we're just going to send it over for now. I don't know, unless you have a recommendation that you really want to get off your chest. Already did, honey. Already did. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we are going to send it over to Jesse and myself for the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels. Stay tuned. And we are finally back with another season of Rebels, the final season of the Rebels recap uh, here on Screen Fellows, because it's the final season of Rebels. Um, That's a weird thought. I know. <laughs> That's what, what, what am I going to talk about after this? Hey, you haven't been on the podcast in a while, so who are you? I'm Jesse. I am the resident nerd. Uh, what is my official title? I Carlos? don't remember. I don't remember. We, we Basically, I talk about nerdy things. Uh, namely, uh, sci-fi, more specifically Star Wars, but I do... I. I wanted to make the branch into more of the sci-fi stuff with like Alien and Blade Runner and stuff over the summer, but uh, I live in North Carolina and work full time, <laughs> so that doesn't work very well. Yeah, it, that's a struggle. <laughs> yeah, but now I live here in uh, in Virginia, so it's a little bit easier to do this again. Uh, so welcome back, and uh, good to meet you if I haven't met you yet on the podcast. Uh, we will have some other Star Wars content coming out later, or coming out soon, which I will discuss later. Um, but right now, let's jump into episodes one and two of uh, Rebels season four. Now, Carlos, you and I have already seen the first episode before, just a little bit ago. Yes, we did. Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, we watched it live when it aired. They uh, put it up there for everyone to view and then had a discussion with the voice actors both before and after watching that so that we could get a little bit more um, input from them on what that's like. Yeah, that was definitely fun. And if you want to hear more about our Star Wars Celebration stuff, you should definitely go to the YouTube channel and check out all of that stuff because <clears> it's still on there. And go back and find the podcast with it on. Yeah, that's definitely a thing to do because we talked a lot about all that. <laughs> yes. So, uh, anyway, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the rundown. I'm going to treat both these episodes as one, just one long episode. Yep. Um, and then we'll start discussing after that. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Actually, first... Um, I hate to backtrack on us, but let's uh, l let's give our overall um, yeah. views first. Carlos, you go ahead. This, I mean, obviously we had seen the episode, original episode before, the first episode before, and I mean it was it was pretty good. It's a solid episode of Rebels, and the second episode is just as good. I, I really like this whole kind of package as a premiere. I thought it worked really well. We obviously get a lot of the Mandalore stuff, with a, which a lot of people are excited about. Um, that's 
probably what some of the best stuff from last season. I know a lot, a lot of people might say Thrawn. I would say that a lot of the Sabine stuff, every time we have a Sabine episode, it's one of the better episodes from last season at least. And this episode kind of focused on her and her people, so that's always a good thing in my opinion, and I really enjoyed it. All right, yeah, and I really agree with that assessment. Uh, there are a few little nitpicky things I have against it that we'll mm-hmm. get into here in a little bit. but um, And I actually agree with you about last season, too, um, that the Sabine episodes were the best. I think that Thrawn was a little underwhelming last season. Yeah. I, that's, that's a pretty big thing for me to say because <laughs> Thrawn is my favorite Star Wars character. After Darth Vader. <laughs> so, um, but it's very, very close. I love them both for very different reasons, uh, which makes me thrilled to uh, know that they are getting a book where they will be working together next summer. But that is off topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I really agreed that this was just a great way to kick off the episode. There was n- pretty, there was no filler in this opening, and we just we just jumped straight into the action, straight into the the punch. Mm-hmm. Really, of rescuing Sabine's father. I'm moving into recap yeah. now. Sorry, guys. Not really uh, emphasizing my, my breaks here. <laughs> You're good. Uh, so we start off on the surface of Mandalore going to rescue Sabine's father to break him out of this prison. Mandalore is completely desolate, which I love. It's been completely eradicated over centuries of warfare. Nothing grows except in these hydro- these like big dome things These where the, all the cities are, and there's greenery inside of there. But they are moving forward, Clan Wren, along with Kanan, Chopper, and Ezra, to uh, rescue Sabine's father. Uh, when they encounter the Empire, it breaks into a big fight, and basically that episode ends with uh, them getting a whole platoon of uh, Mandalorians being eradicated by this weapon that Sabine built when she was in the Imperial Academy. Uh, so they are completely gone. There's nothing left but just crumbled armor laying on the ground, and mm-hmm. we don't know how that happened. But they did successfully rescue her father, so the family is reunited. All right, so that was basically the first episode, right? Yeah, I mean... So you want to talk about that? Um, I don't know what else there is to really say about that. It, it was mainly just the action. Yeah. We did get some hinting of uh, Kanan and Hera... Uh, and their romantic yes. feelings that we've kind of expected to be there this whole uh-huh. time, but it's been this is the first direct reference to it, mm-hmm. um, as well as the whole Ezra Sabine thing between him and her that actually isn't a thing, but Ezra wants it to be. <laughs> Uh, but we do get the surprise appearance of Bo-Katan, who you may remember from the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. She was a Duchess Satine who ruled Mandalore and was in love with Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, it was that is her sister who was actually fighting against Satine, the ruler of Mandalore at the time, trying to bring back their warrior past before realizing how bad that was when <laughs> Maul took over. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it, it was very refreshing to see her, to see her in a more matured light. She was very, she was still a young woman then, back then, really impassioned with just wanting to fight for something, I think. Mm-hmm. And now she has something to fight for, and you can tell she's tired of it. She's proud, but she's tired of it. Yeah. And she doesn't think... I, I think a lot of the stuff from that she was doing during the Clone Wars series and all that, it kind of still haunts her, which is why she was so hesitant when... Sabine offered her at first the Darksaber. So I, I really like that aspect. And then also, I, I mean, I just like to see uh, Sabine like leading a group of Mandalorians and like. Yeah, I thought know. it was really. I love how like Finn Rao started as a villain and then mm-hmm. he became this very. this kind of ally and then a very well-respected leader of his own clan basically Mm -hmm. and he takes orders from sabine like that Mm -hmm. um he 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 does not question he just goes even sabine's mom like when she uh in the second episode sabine's mom started to to disagree and then sabine just shut it down said no we need you to do this yeah and i really like that and i think that this is going to turn into um well, hold on. Let's yeah. <laughs> let, let let me hold 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 off on that and move into the second episode. Yes. The second episode picks up with um, them confirming that this is a we- the weapon that um, was 
built by Sabine mm-hmm. when she was with the uh, Imperial Army, and it's named the Duchess, actually, after Bo-Katan's sister, which is really weird. <laughs> A real slap in the face because this weapon targets Mandalorian armor and the specific metals in that armor to basically cook the person alive inside of it. Yeah, that was... Um, <laughs> it's a kid's show, folks. <laughs> I mean, it kind of turns, like, at first you're like, oh my gosh, they're really going there. And then the rest of the episode, they kind of don't, like... They, they tone <laughs> it down yeah. ever since then. Like, it but, basically gets used like force lightning for the rest of the episode. Yes, but when we originally see it, it is pretty... Uh, I mean, the aftermath, at least, is pretty crappy. It, it just melts so, everything. Yeah, that was definitely interesting to see. And then, of course, I I really struggled with this aspect of the episode because my original thinking, it, obviously, Sabine's going to blame herself. I mean, I, it's understandable, number one. But then also, it's like, that's a classic TV kind of thing. You blame yourself. Like, that's just what happens on TV. But anyway... I was kind of annoyed that the rest of the Mandalorians were so quick to blame her and say, this is all your fault, even when she offers her explanation, which in my mind, you know, it's not a ju- justifiable, but, you know, it's it's a valid excuse. She was a stupid kid who was in, you know, the Imperial Academy, whatever. Mm-hmm. But my other thing, and this is my thing with the Mandalorians, they... You have to understand they're Mandalorians, and they are very, very quick to make a decision, make up their mind about something, and be very emotional about it, and want to kind of overthrow whoever's in charge. So if they find the slightest thing of their leader doing something wrong, that that could be it. And how quickly they're they're willing to kind of turn on her. Not necessarily, they don't fully turn on her, but you know, really push back against her annoyed me, but at the same time, I'm like, they're Mandalorians. That's yeah. just kind of what they do. They're cool, but they are, geez, they're interesting people. <laughs> I, I love Mandalorians, yeah. and I really, I don't, I, I, I disagree with you there. I don't okay. see much fault in them going after Satine, Sabine. Uh-huh. Sorry, not Satine. <laughs> it's a different Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, Sabine so quickly, because they're an honor-bound culture. Yeah. She is young. Like, what you were saying about, they will turn against a new ruler yeah. who has made the minor slip up. But if it is a tried and true ruler that has proven themselves time and time again, yeah, true. That, and built up honor around themselves, then they will follow them to the death mm-hmm. until they see weakness, yeah. not fault, but weakness yeah. because it's all about honor. And so Sabine dishonored all Mandalore, so they are ready to kill her to gain back their armor, mm-hmm. uh, honor. Yeah. So I, the way I always like ha- have to view Mandalorians is through a mix of feudal Japan, their honor system, and then the warrior system of um, um, <laughs> Prussia. Sorry. Yeah. I could not think of – I forgot history there for a minute. Um, but speaking of history, I think it was very interesting that we learned that Mandalorian armor is not just armor that each Mandalorian makes. Sabine's armor herself is 500 years old. Mm-hmm. It's been reshaped to fit her more comfortably, but otherwise it's just it's ancient armor that's just repurposed over and over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that was I really like I know we're going to get to this as well when we were talking about the weapon. Um, I, but I really liked Thrawn's input onto the weapon. And how he views it. And he was talking to... What was the guy who... The Mandalorian who is leading... Or helping the Empire? Uh, Saxon. Yes. Not Gar Saxon. Because remember, he died yes. in that big in that duel with Sabine last yes. season. This is his younger brother. He... I really like that conversation he has with Thrawn. And <laughs> how Thrawn's just like... You're missing the importance of this weapon. <laughs> and what it actually means against your people and he just wants to just use it and i really like that conversation because i mean it was just it was a really i mean he's not the mandalorian (laughs) the guy's the mandalorian but he shows in a way a greater understanding of the mandalorian people and how to conquer them because that's that's just thrawn's nature and really what i saw in thrawn in that is that he's reluctant to use this, mm-hmm. to really use this the way that Saxon wants to, because the the way Thrawn is portrayed in the current canon is he wants to do all he can to avoid any innocent death, mm-hmm. any unavoidable death. He wants to do what has to be done and no more. 
if he can get away with killing one person and leaving the rest of an army alive but prisoners, he will take it. He does not want to spill blood unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. So I think he was really he wants to see this weapon used to its full potenti- potential, but in the right hands. And he knows Saxon is not the person for that. Mm-hmm. Because Saxon doesn't care about his people anymore. He doesn't care about anything except power. So, um, but yeah, I, so obviously the team goes in and they go to destroy the weapon. Uh, and it turns into a big fight. Uh, they get noticed on, to, on board this Star Destroyer and uh, they have to, they're shooting all over the place. And Sabine basically reprograms the weapon to, instead of targeting Mandalorian armor, targeting Stormtrooper armor. So it starts shocking all of the Stormtroopers all over the base, but not enough to kill them, just like force lightning, basically. Mm-hmm. Enough to knock them out. And Bo-Katan has to tell her to turn it off. Uh, this, I agree with it. I just And I knew it was coming. I knew that moment was coming. And it felt cheesy. But it is a kid's show. And we have to remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Bo-Katan tells her to turn it off because there's no honor in doing it that way. That, that is the Empire's way of doing things, not the Mandalorian way. So when they get back to the base, all of uh, Bo-Katan finally accepts the Darksaber, which is a Mandalorian symbol of power and ruling, where all of the major clans will swear fealty to her at that point. Which I really... I, I thought that was really cool because we saw all these different designs on Mandalorian armor and stuff yeah. like that, but... And we finally have a definite ruler of Mandalore to go against the Empire. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, I, I kind of just want to start talking, because we don't have too much time left. So I kind of yeah. just want to start talking about what does this mean, where, where we're going for the rest of the season. Oh, man, I don't know. Here, I, I just don't know. Like, I don't think we're going to stick like with the Mandalorians for too much longer. No, I think we might get one, maybe two more episodes with so, this. So then what does that mean with Sabine? Is she staying on Mandalore? Is she going to go back with them since she's not technically leading them anymore? I have no idea. Like, I really don't know what to expect because I think most of the Mandalorian storyline is going to be made into offshoot things like yes, novelizations, definitely. short stories, and comic books. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see that on TV. It's going to be, a, I think it's, they're going to be able to go into a more gr- grimy, gritty war with that. That's yes. what they want. So that, but I just don't know, like, I would be really upset, I mean, not like upset, upset, but disappointed if we don't have Sabine in the, in the season anymore. I mean, I get it, but it it would kind of suck. But at the same time, maybe that's a way to avoid killing her. Yeah, I, th- I think they want to try to keep her alive. Yeah. Um, so I'm well, not. Then I'm, again, the discussion becomes: Will Disney actually kill their main characters? Which I hope so. They're not going to kill Hera. I know that. No, obviously. I don't. Th- I don't think they're going to kill Thrawn. Well, yeah, I don't think so either. Because That's a good point. At, the, at the end of the Thrawn novelization, which mm-hmm. um, news on that coming, uh, we, we will have a video up within the next two weeks. Uh, where I outline the Thrawn, no- Thrawn novel and give you the lowdown on Thrawn. Uh, but anyway, he the, that book ends with him being promoted to Grand Admiral and about to ship off to Lothal to take care of these pesky rebels. And we know we have another book coming up next summer where he teams up with Vader. And he didn't meet Vader until the very end of that novel. In the last page, mm-hmm. he finally meets Vader. So I think that's going to be... That's going to be during the Galactic Civil War. We might even get into some post-Imperial uh, Thrawn content. I am hesitant to say, but that's what I hope, at least, uh, because Thrawn is a very complex character. He's not a typical Imperial ruler, and I will discuss that in that Thrawn video. <laughs> but I hope that they have the guts to kill off some characters, because yes. we thought at the end of the first episode that Sabine's mom and brother was dead that they were vaporized with everyone else but then in the very beginning of the second episode (laughs) they come walking out of the rubble saying oh your warning gave us just enough time to get to the edge of the blast zone so it hurt us but it didn't kill us Yeah, and I was not happy just (laughs) kill someone make (laughs) this is the last season give us some consequences maybe they're trying to yeah. Hold it off till the very end to break our hearts even more later. Mm-hmm. But still, just kill somebody that we don't even—we're not that attached to those two characters. Yeah, 
Ah, uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really hope that this season kind of, I and mean, it's a weird thing to hope for, but I mean, it, it makes so much, the season has to end on a downbeat. It cannot end on an upbeat. It can't. So, I, I don't know. The uh, only confirmation we have of survival is that we know Hera survives yes. to Rogue One yes. and Chopper. Hera and Chopper, everyone else is compl- could die. I mm-hmm. don't think they will, unfortunately, but they could. Yeah. Man, I, I don't know. It's I'm I'm really curious with the direction that this season will go. I think it, this was I really again I think this was just a these were just very solid episodes of. They rappers. were there, there wasn't any filler. I don't think there's going to be much filler this season because and, it looks like it's mostly going to be made up of these two these sections of two episodes grouped together. Yes, and I also I'm. It's it's weird because you know most when most shows even even Rebels when you have a premiere, like it kind of sets you up and this is where we're gonna go, for this season. I don't think this episode does that. I no. really, I really think that this was more of an isolated thing. I don't think we're gonna stick with the Mandalorian. I don't think next episode is gonna be on the Mandalor- on Mandalore. I didn't yeah. see a preview. I don't know if you did. No, uh, but um. I, there's probably one out there. I just yeah. didn't see it for the next episode. But I, I don't think it's going to be on Mandalore. I don't know where it's they're going to go with it, but I think it's going to start working with the main Imperial problem again. Yeah. I don't know. It's just I, I'm very kind of curious as to where we're going because, again, I don't think this episode, these episodes necessarily gave us a path yet, which is weird. Yeah. But interesting nonetheless. All right, uh, Jesse, I know you have a... You, well, you've kind of... Yeah, just to it, but. really watch, uh, be looking for the YouTube at our YouTube channel over yes. the next couple weeks as we lead up to Rogue One. Hopefully, starting next weekend, we will have a new video series and continuing our old video series on Star Wars novels uh, of just different Star Wars videos leading up to the release of the Last Jedi. I think I said Rogue One a minute ago because <laughs> I'm looking at a Rogue One poster in here, <laughs> but I mean the Last Jedi. So. Anyway, just keep an eye on our on our YouTube channel. We've got a lot of new con- Star Wars content coming out with that. Definitely. Uh, all right, Jesse, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Colonel Swink on uh, Twitter. And you can also email your ideas for different Star Wars and science fiction videos and, diff- and con- content in general to me at jesse.swink at screenfellas.com. All right. Well... I am Carlos Sherbogan. You can find me on Twitter at Cherry456 and on Instagram as well. And then also make sure you check out our social medias all over the place. We're all at ScreenFollows, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel, as we've mentioned already. The website, we got great stuff on there. And yeah, just you can find us all over the place, so with no excuses. And of course, make sure you listen to the podcast and share the podcast. That's really important. Rate and review all of that stuff. And I'm horrible at outros. That's why Ozzy's taking it over. But I'm going to start the music now. So, we are... This is this has been the, the Screenfellows podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs> you can always find Ozzy at Castro Ozzy on Twitter. He probably won't see it because he doesn't go on Twitter. But reach out to him anyway. I'll annoy him until he checks it. This is Screenfellows. Help me, Obi-Wan.